Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, everybody. It's Dave here and Darren over there. Way over there. We see him and we <laughs> see Drew's joined us already. Today, we have a Fabulous show. Absolutely fantastic. We have three themes today, as usual. First one, what is the Skylar Thompson effect, right? Are we going to have some sort of mysterious thing happen? Is the Bermuda Triangle going to work its way over uh, Hard Rock Stadium? And is something weird going to happen in Miami? We'll find out about that one. The second one are pleasant surprises that we've had over the season so far. And there have been a few, surprisingly. Besides the 4-1 and one record your Minnesota Vikings have, we've had some pleasant surprises. And they have to deal with three players we're going to feature today. One of them's on the front thumbnail of this show. The third theme, of course, we're getting into the game. Vikings versus Dolphins. We're going to break it all down. What to expect? How can the Vikings win? How can the Vikings lose? They better not. <laughs> but we'll find out next on Two Old Bloggers. Climb in the pocket. Amy Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents... Two Old Bloggers. Hey, everybody again. We are here, your two old bloggers, over two decades apiece, riding publicly on your Minnesota Vikings. The good, the bad, the ugly, from the days before Chile, all the way up to now the Kevin O'Connell regime. But this is a new regime. This is the Quasia Dofa Mensa and Kevin O'Connell version of the Vikings, and they've started out four and one. Can you believe it? What a great start for a rookie coach. Yes, yes, yes. And we're going to get more into that today as we talk about your Vikings. But first, Darren, how are things in the great white north? Things are great for me, David, because as you mentioned, the Vikings are four and one. And hey, the only thing better than that would be five and oh. But you know, a great start to the the season. Just pretty much just like what we were looking for, called for, and uh, yeah, um, uh, you know, uh, it hasn't always been pretty, but the, they're still stacking up the wins, and that's that's key to that's get all back in the. Get those Key to getting back into the playoffs. And whatever, however they do it. Ah, yeah. Right? Rack up those Ws. Well, let's get this show started. Indeed. All right. We titled this one The Skyler Effect. 
And on <laughs> that, you see T.J. Wanham and Skylar Thompson back there. Skylar Thompson is bending down because he's about to get sacked in that picture. T.J. Wanham's had a fantastic season so far. Sacking, got quite a few sacks. But we'll get into why it's unfortunate for DJ. But first, mm-hmm. theme one, the Skyler effect. Skyler Thompson, you wanted to talk about this individual. I did because uh, as we learned very early in the in the week that uh, Tua Tagovailoa was not going to play. Teddy Bridgewater still looked like he wasn't going to play, and then Mike McDaniel, the the Dolphins head coach, uh, announced that Skylar Thompson would be the starting quarterback uh, tomorrow against your Minnesota Vikings, which should be a huge huge advantage. Skull Mary, uh, huge huge advantage for the Vikings. Thompson is a Seventh rounder, seventh round rookie, their third stringer. Um, you know, he's a big downgrade from Tua Tagovailoa, even a bit of a downgrade from Teddy Bridgewater, the backup. Um, so uh, you, you know, that has, again, got to be an advantage for the Vikings facing a, a kid who hasn't played that much. Uh, he, he um, you know, he's having his first start tomorrow, first NFL start tomorrow. He did play pretty much every all of last game against the Jets, except for one snap when Teddy uh, got knocked, uh, didn't get well, he got knocked out of the game, uh, put in concussion protocol, uh, and uh, wasn't allowed to come back. And so, uh, for Thompson, he's going to be coming in uh, pretty green around the edges. Played a lot in preseason, but green around the edges. Uh, that's got to be a plus anytime you're facing a backup quarterback. You would think, David, but of course, Viking you would fans think. Mm-hmm. Viking fans remember they've, they're probably a little bit wary about facing backup quarterbacks and even third string quarterbacks because of these guys. They remember losing to Andy Dalton 2020, to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys in 2021, to Matt Moore in 2019, to Chase Daniels and the Bears. That Soldier Field in 2019. So Viking fans don't always feel the huge supreme confidence when their team faces a backup that you would think. Uh, but last week, again, Thompson played pretty much the whole game uh, against uh, the uh, against the Jets. Uh, predictably, it didn't go that great for him. He went 19 for 33, 166 yards passing. He threw an interception on a ball where his hand, his arm got hit and it kind of floated out there and Sauce Gardner intercepted it up on him. And then he also had uh, got a strip sack fumble that was recovered by uh, Quinn and uh, Williams in that uh, in now infamous stiff arm he gave Tariq Hill <laughs> when he was rumbling that became you know a, a meme on social media. So didn't go great for, for Thompson. And uh, that, uh, you got to think that, again, going up against the Vikings in his first NFL start, uh, things could be a bit rocky for him, or at least we hope so. Um, but I think a lot of that tomorrow depends on, uh, for Thompson, on this guy, Ed Donatel. You don't want a backup quarterback, and particularly a rookie seventh rounder who's starting his first NFL start, to get uh, comfortable early in the game to complete a few passes, to get in a rhythm, to start feeling like, hey, you know, I can play in this league. You want 
so that usually means that you're going to blitz the shit out of that guy. Uh, you're going to try to rattle him, uh, throw different coverages at him, you know, look like you're going to blitz, then pull out, uh, or and sometimes put a bunch of guys at the line of scrimmage and then, you know, send six, uh, all of that stuff. Blitz and pull out, Drew. What's the yeah. comeback to that? <laughs> yeah, well, we're waiting for him. Uh, no. Don't let a rookie back or back up, particularly a rookie, get comfortable in there. And but the problem is, is that uh, what we've seen from Ed Donatel so far has been uh, he doesn't blitz very much. He likes to rush for. Uh, he's not really a lot of zone coverage, not a whole lot of tricks and stunts. At least I'm not seeing a whole lot not of them. Yet, at and, least. Yeah, uh, very running a very basic defense. Uh, they're giving up yards, not a lot of points, but giving up a lot of yards. And yeah, yeah, you're right, Drew. We want Thompson in full tilt boogie. And so my question is, is Ed Donatel in this game going to go against uh, some of the defensive tendencies he showed in the first five games and throw the rookie some different looks, try to get him confused, try to get him seeing ghosts, because that's what we want. We don't want him to like go eight for 10 in his first 10 passes uh, and, and, you know, have, <laughs> yeah. and, and then again, get comfortable and get confident. We want him to be uncomfortable and lose confidence right away. And uh, I watched Thompson. I watched the condensed game with Thompson last night against the jets. And um, first time I'd seen him play. And actually I think his stats uh, didn't, uh, he played better than his stats showed mm-hmm. in that game. Uh, there were the dolphins dropped four passes. They should have caught. Uh, and he, uh, he's a guy who is not a statue back there. He's actually pretty mobile. Uh, he's got good wheels. His arm is pretty strong. He took three or four deep shots in the game. So last week, so, uh, he didn't, he only completed one of them, but it was a beauty throw. Uh, he didn't look overwhelmed in the moment. And he was a guy that was again, playing in his first NFL action on on the road in the Big Apple, and you know he he didn't look brutal out there. He didn't look lost. Uh, that's what I was hoping to see. I did not see that. So Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins' head coach, is he's going to say it anyway. But I don't think he was blowing smoke. That he feels good about Thompson. That he likes him. That he thinks that he'll do fine at home. Uh, so the Vikings um, again, Ed Donatel, he's got to have some. I think some tricks up his sleeve. You know that McDaniel is going to try to do what all head coaches are going to do with a young, inexperienced quarterback. He's going to have him hope that uh, he's going to have the ball out quickly for Thompson. He's going to try to get the ball into Tyreek Hill's hands in particular. Let Tyreek Hill do Tyreek Hill things. He's going to try to lean as much as he can on the run game with Raheem Mostert. And Mostert's been running pretty well so far this season. And he did run well against the Jets as well. So uh, the Vikings and Ed Donatel and their players, they've got to They've got to create pressure, which they have not done very well this year, and make Skyler Thompson, like Drew said, be full tilt boogie from snap one until the the final whistle blows. Make uh, him uncomfortable. Uh, very uncomfortable. Uh, one thing I did notice in watching the condensed game uh, was that there were times, particularly in the second half, where Thompson held on to the ball. Uh, uh, you know, a bit longer than I think Mike McDaniel would like. I think that Thompson was seeing different looks in the coverages from the Jets, and he couldn't quite figure them out as quickly as a more a veteran, uh, a more experienced veteran would. Um, and he, he wasn't quite as effective in from about late second quarter until the rest of the game as he had been in the first. Uh, 
quarter and a half of play. So again, this is a game where Ed Donatel has got to play a big role in scheming things up and really confusing Thompson and showing him things he's never seen before uh, to get him off his game. Because again, if he gets in a rhythm and gets confidence, uh, I think that that's a problem for the Vikings on the road. It very well could be. And coming out, Drew can attest to this, coming out in the draft, he has skills. He's very good, short to intermediate range. He has a stronger arm on one of the uh, crossover pods I was listening to this week. He has a stronger arm than Tua and Teddy, both. Oh, yeah. And uh, But his accuracy when he goes deep is suspect. He tends to spray it. Well, we have defenders that will love – a sprayed ball if they get the opportunity. But again, it comes down to, like you said, Ed Donatel scheming up a game where, one, he gets put under pressure, and two, on the back end, where they're covering this stuff, and we have yet to see that full, wonderful, defensive, Fangio-style, Ed Donatel-style of defense because everybody's still learning, Right. And it may take up to a year. I hope not. And yeah. But this is the perfect game to start that because you've got a rookie playing, and it is a good time to try to get those. Even if it confuses yourself, you're going to confuse him. So do it. And I think that's that'll avoid the Skyler effect. And we what we worry about on the Skyler effect is that it's a backup quarterback. The Vikings should easily win. The Vikings are favored, right, by three or three and a half, depending on where you're looking at. Hey, Vikings, Jerome. It should be um, – this should be one that they go in and can beat that. This is one in the past, as we saw by that beautiful slide. Um, <laughs> in three years, we lost to four backups. You shouldn't do that. You absolutely shouldn't do that. And and that's why we ask, is there going to be a Skylar effect? And that's why we named the show that way. Thanks for a great theme, by the way. You're welcome, David. Yeah, so uncomfortable. If the if Ed Donatel and his players can make uh, Skylar Thompson uncomfortable, again, him moving around, getting him throwing off platforms and, and positions he doesn't like to throw in, then I think the Vikings win this one comfortably. But if that doesn't happen, then I think we're in for another nail-biter and uh, like we've been having. And, uh, and one of those things where, who knows, it's a toss-up on who wins on that one. So um, I'm, I'm looking for, this is a game where Ed Donatel uh, he's got to bring, like I said, his A game, got to have his best game calling a defense in the year and have prepared the Vikings defense the best that he has mm-hmm. in the year. Because, uh, again, you know, the, the, this should be an advantage for the Vikings. You've got to take advantage of a rookie quarterback, especially one, uh, you know, and, and whether they're a first rounder or a seventh rounder. Right. You got you to gotta take advantage when you get the chance. That brings us to theme two. This is the theme you called Pleasant Surprises. Yes, David. Well, uh, I don't want to be uh, 
he's trying to be like uh, with the Vikings being four and one. There's a lot to be optimistic about. Uh, I didn't want to be like a Mister Negative. Uh, like maybe some people thought I was last week when we were asking what's wrong with Kirk. I guess we found out at least in the first half there was nothing wrong with him. <laughs> he, <laughs> went, uh, he played about as good as he, as I've ever seen him play of the Vikings for uh, for at least the, the first half. But anyway, we're not talking about Cousins right now. We're talking about pleasant surprises. And I think uh, because at the beginning of the year after the Vikings roster was set with all the free agencies that additions that they had made, the the draft choices that they had selected. I think we had a pretty good idea who we thought would be key players for the Vikings and who was going to play well or who had to play well for the Vikings to have success this year and get off to the kind of start that they have gotten off to. Uh, But there's some players that maybe we weren't expecting uh, to have uh, play a large role for the Vikings and play well. And, uh, but they, they, a few have a, you know, I have noticed a few and one of them is this guy right here, number 98, DJ Wanham. Uh, you know, he is a kid that he's going from being a four, three defensive end to a three, four outside rushing linebacker. So that was an adjustment he had to make. Although I think he played that position at, uh, he was asked to do that at South Carolina in college at times. So it wasn't an, and, and he was asked to do it at times last year with the Zimmer right. defense when they ran, ran a bit of that kind of uh, defensive yeah, lineman playing. Yeah, mm-hmm. switched it. But still, he had to adjust to that. A new defensive scheme, new coaches, the whole thing uh, at the beginning of the year. Uh, and so far, I think that he has been playing pretty well, particularly the last two games. Um, one of his big issues I found as a 4-3 defensive end was that he wasn't a very good run defender. He had trouble setting the edge. Two weeks ago against the New Orleans Saints, there was two or three plays in particular where he set a great edge and he didn't make the tackle but he was by setting a great edge, he allowed his teammates, mm-hmm. yeah, to turn it in and make the tackle and prevent the the Saints from you know and snuffing out some uh, Saints runs for minimal to no gain. So that was very encouraging because I felt that was a weakness for him last year. But on the pass rush end, we know he had eight sacks last year. Six of them came or five of them came against the Bears. So there were some questions about you know uh, consistency in production. But right now he's got two and a half sacks which is second on the team behind Zadarius Smith's three and a half. He's got five QB hits, which is tied for, with Zadarius Smith for most on the Vikings. And he's done this, David, with only going to be, he's only had uh, played 48% of the defensive snaps so mm-hmm. far. Not surprising again, because he is behind Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith. And those two guys are going to play a lot of of the snaps. Mm-hmm. But last year he had 79 he played 79% of the defensive snaps. So he's been he's had he's had his playing time cut like by about 40% or 30 some percent and yet he's still been very productive. And uh at the during preseason I found that he wasn't shown very much. Uh, that's it wasn't shown very much. I thought Patrick Jones was looking better than him and I was mm-hmm. kind of thinking that that Patrick Jones would be might be taking playing time away from mm-hmm. from DJ Wanham, but the way Wanham has played so far, I actually he's looks like he could be getting a contract extension from the Vikings after this season if he keeps on playing the way he does. Which is surprising. Um, one, he backs up Daniel. Patrick Jones backs up Cedarius. Um, so they're on opposite sides, but. As an outside linebacker, you should be able to flip-flop play either side. Um, you're generally better at one than the other, but it, you, you're able to move around. 
But I agree with you. Everybody expected Jones to be better. It is a surprise, a pleasant one, that Daniil has stepped up. Maybe this outside linebacker role, edge rusher, is perfect for him because he has done as well as Daniil Hunter has, right? You know, everybody talks about he gets cleanup sacks. Well, last week, Daniil Hunter got a cleanup sack thanks to Wanham. Wanham was getting exactly. pressure. And, uh, and as I said earlier in the week, we'd love to move uh, Daniil inside and bring Wanham on the outside sometimes to create mismatches. And, and I think this is working perfectly. It is DJ, or DJ Wanham is literally improving in this system faster than anybody anticipated. And it's a good thing. And we like that fact that it's been a pleasant surprise. Now, we'll get to DJ Wanham in an unpleasant surprise when we hit the section uh, to theme three. But before we get there, we do want to give him his kudos because he has been playing well, and you got to love that. And it's water, Drew, not vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Lightweight. Um, but, uh, so that's the one pleasant, one pleasant surprise. Got two more to come. Here's the next and- one. Here's the next one. At least to me, Patrick Peterson has been a pleasant surprise for the Vikings so far. Um, I said quite a few times on the show last year and even during the offseason that I didn't really think much of how Peterson played last year with the Vikings. Uh, the, the opponents didn't seem to throw at him very much for some reason, but to me, he was like had almost zero impact uh, as a, for the Vikings' defense. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't think he played very well when teams did throw at him, they completed passes. Uh, he got beat on some big plays. Um, it took him until the final game of the season to get an interception. Uh, you know, you, you could you clearly, I wasn't expecting Patrick Peterson from his pro bowl salad days, but I was expecting kind of more of a Terrence Newman type mm-hmm. performance from him last year. And I didn't feel that the Vikings got it. Uh, but this year, because uh, he's, he's I, I feel he's been playing much much better than he did last year. He looks like he's comfortable in the system. Uh, he's got four pass defenses so far, which is tied with Cam Dansler for most on the Vikings. Um, he did give up. He he could have been posterized by giving up that uh, seventy five yard touchdown to Christian Watson in the season opener, except Watson dropped it. Uh, but other than that. Uh, Patrick Peterson hasn't really been giving up any big plays at all, and teams still aren't throwing at his side very much, it seems, or the receivers that he's covering. And I think that his experience is really showing this year uh, is veteran savvy because he just seems on pass plays, he seems to be in the right place. Uh, He's got good positioning, even if he's not the lights out got the lights out speed he once did uh so he's puts himself in good position to get those passes defensed or dissuade the quarterback from throwing his to his the receiver he's covering and also i don't know how long this is going to last david but uh, you'll notice on a lot of replays that peterson's very cagey on like how he grabs a little bit of a jersey or kind of muscles them a little bit into like positions that they the receiver doesn't want to be in uh they're kind of they could be called penalties but so far he's not getting flagged he's but he's got that veteran he's got those veteran Mm -hmm. tricks that i think help him uh make up a little bit for the lack of uh uh, the way his athletic uh, abilities have dropped a bit now that he's over 30 but i think that i know his 
my pro football focus grades aren't spectacular, but the Vikings cornerback unit as a whole isn't very deep. Uh, you know, uh, Chandon Sullivan has been terrible so far. Uh, Andrew Booth hasn't played basically because at of all. the fact that, the, yeah. yeah, at all because of the injury. Uh, Caleb Evans has played a little bit when Dancer's gone down, but the uh, when teams throw at been throwing at him, it's been completion after completion after completion. So we need Patrick Peterson to keep on playing the way he has been playing so that this defense at least keeps playing at the level it has, which isn't very good. But if, if his play goes down or he gets injured, then I think the Vikings are going, defense is going to struggle even a little bit more than they already have. So I'm happy with Patrick Peterson's play so far. I think he's playing more kind of like the Terrence Newman we saw with the Vikings in 2014 yeah, 2015, 2016, and 17. Playing smart, playing heady, using his experience to ma- to make up for some again some of the athletic ability that he, that he has lost. Uh, so happy with Patrick Peterson's play, which I am happy happy about. Yeah. So well, that's that's I another. Agree. And what I like about Pat, Pat P is that he actively mentors the other guys. Uh, he's got Dantzler under his wing. He's trying to teach him. He's trying to teach uh, Caleb Evans. He's trying to teach Booth, given the chance. He's trying to bring the next generation up. When we talk about PFF grades aren't great, if you listen to him on his podcast, All Things Covered, he'll tell you that PFF hasn't a clue on how to grade corners, and he'll go with how the coaches do it because they're giving him credit for what a receiver does and it's not his coverage responsibility or whatever. Um, and he also said, I would love to help somebody grade corners. And so he may have his next job, not only in, in a broadcast style way, because he's good at that, but also PFF, if they're smart, they're going to grab him over once he retires and says, all right, now if we got it wrong, how do we get it right? And yeah. hopefully he'll do that. But he's playing smart. He's playing like that grizzled old veteran that knows all the tricks and tips and, you know, the smart ways, knows to to watch for certain things and knows how to react to it. And it's just, it has been good to see. It is, it's, it's something, if you watch a game as a fan, watch a game, right? He only gets thrown to like two or three times a game. That's it. Period. Yeah. They'll test his side, then they're done for that. Then it's all over to, well, they'll try Dantzler, but then it's over to Sullivan because Sullivan seems to be the target du jour because Sullivan is the weak link out of the three corners. Sullivan's decent at run the run game, but when it comes to pass game, he's a weak link. So I love seeing what I am with Patrick P- Peterson, and yes, he hasn't been a surprise this year. I like that. Um Drew asks, hey, guys, when is the defense going to get more aggressive or are they not? That's I'm hoping it happens tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping <laughs> it happens this week because it's the perfect setup for it. That brings us to the third pleasant surprise. And this one is a surprise because a lot of us had our doubts. This man right here. Number 56, Viking center Garrett Bradbury. Yes. Um a frequent topic, I, at least as my memory serves, for you and me mm-hmm. on the off season about what's what the Vikings have got. You know, they yeah. 
well, yeah, what's wrong with him? The Vikings offense looks like it, it's pretty set, uh, except for Garrett Bradbury. Um, and, and so um, a lot of concerns from me, a lot of concerns from you about how Bradbury would play. Um, he was looked at as the weakest link, along with right guard, whoever was going to play right guard at, in the offseason. We didn't know how that was all going to shake out. Was it going to be Jesse Davis? Was it going to be Ed Ingram? Was it going to be Chris, the Invisible Man, Reed, <laughs> who's yet, 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 to, yet to dress in a game? Uh, we didn't know, but we did it. We did know that Bradbury had been given the starting center job, and we were worried about that because we've seen him get smoked, particularly on pass mm-hmm. protection, for three years. Uh, well, this year so far, uh, I think uh, going up in pass pro against the, the big uglies is still sometimes an issue for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, I am not seeing the Vikings hemorrhage pressure up the middle like I've seen the previous couple of years and guys in cousin's face, he's had a pretty clean pocket a lot of the time and up the middle in particular. And yes, uh, part of that is because I think Ezra Cleveland has been solid this year. He's taken his game up a couple of notches. Mm-hmm. I think also it helps that Ed Ingram is not Aliudo or Dakota jo- Dozier, even though he's a rookie and he's struggled at times, particularly in pass protection. And, and those guys, are, I think, are helping Bradbury. But Bradbury, uh, I think, has looked pretty good. He's always been good in space, getting out on mm-hmm. screens and on run plays and getting to the second level and using his athleticism and mobility to get out and knock guys down there. But pass protection, really haven't seen a whole, you know, huge issues from him. And you're looking at his grades there, not great, but he not is bad. ranked, not bad. He is ranked by Pro Football Focus. Uh, again, it's a flawed uh, rating system for all positions, not just corner, <laughs> but for offensive line too. But he's ninth there, ninth out of what, 38, 38 centers. In the previous three years, you would have seen Bradbury maybe 38th or like- 39th out of know, 38, yes. Yeah, yeah, the, like really low. Uh, so uh, Bradbury is, it's not just, I don't think it's the eye, my eyes that see, see that he's playing better. I think that, you know, the the- Pro football folks grades are saying that he's playing much, much better. And just if you look at the games and the the time that Kirk Cousins has had to throw the ball the first five games, uh, I, you know, Bradbury and the whole offensive line are certainly playing better or maybe up to their potential that we've all been looking for for the past couple of years. So, and a really great sign um, mm-hmm. for for Bradbury. Don't know if the Vikings will choose to resign him again, but uh, I, uh, but and I don't know. Well, is not it a coincidence? At, not at a fifth year guaranteed level. No way. But yeah, it, it depends what he asks for, and that's that's right knows? because the. Because the Vikings are in the next couple of years are going to have to make decisions on a lot of these high draft picks that they've picked, like Ezra Cleveland, Bradbury. A little bit after that, they're going to have to make a decision on Christian Derrissaw. I think that's going to be a no-brainer. Justin going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, but you know, really great news to see Garrett Bradbury playing uh, at a level that uh, we were expecting when he was drafted as a rookie back in in. 2000 was it yeah 2019 uh, 18 whenever it was yeah four years ago and he's seems to be living up to that and i don't know if it's a coincidence but we know that the the rams uh center allen uh had really struggled i mentioned this in the write-up you called it brother 
Yeah, he really struggled in his first few years with the Rams. Last year, he was one of the best centers in the NFL. Uh, again, under with with Kevin O'Connell as his offensive coordinator. Is that a coincidence, or is just Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips and Chris Cooper? You got to give Chris Cooper, the new offensive line coach, mm-hmm. some credit too, yes. because the whole line is playing really well. Not just Bradbury, but uh, they have been able to get Bradbury right, and that is huge. Huge, huge for the Vikings' offensive line uh, because uh, if you got, particularly if you got your center and he can't hold up, uh, it can lead to a lot of issues in pass protection and and in the run game too, right? You you just you don't want a guy getting bowled over all the time, right? And and then the center calls the blocking assignments, right? In this offense, Kirk has always deferred to that, and he's good at that. So it's. And that's always been his big selling point is he can do that well. It's it's good to see him excel this season and get better. Part of it is Cooper's blocking scheme, how they work it, how they work the three interior guys, Ezra Bradbury and Ingram, that they work as a wall, right? They move as if you watch any of the the pass blocking type stuff, there's usually the three of them side by side and they're moving literally as a wall. So it makes it harder for the defender to get around the edge, right, to get to Kirk. And they beef up each other. So uh, Bradbury doesn't get forklifted and carried into Kirk's lap. We remember last Sunday against the Bears, Kirk's every one of Kirk's throws was uncontested, right? There was no defender within a yard of the receiver. Well, he had time to throw that, too. If I remember correctly, he only had five pressures. Five mm. pressures comes from that offensive line that set up pockets that gave him time. I think also he's learning to move that if there is pressure from one side or the other, he can move and he's got side. But he knows that the three guys in the middle are just, you know, basically glued there together for the b- most part. And they are blocking what's in the middle, which gives him time because he can feel what's coming on his right and his left that way. He has time. He makes the throws to the open receivers, right, especially when it counts in the fourth quarter and he's coming back, and all is good. I think it's that has to be, out of the three, the most pleasant of the three surprises you brought to us today. And I want to thank you on that one. Well, yes. You, 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 I knew I knew you'd like the offensive lineman. I thought one offensive lineman being a pleasant surprise for the yeah, Vikings. I didn't bring it up this time. You did. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, no, I agree. Well, that brings us to uh, one of our favorite parts of the show. And I see you're wearing a new hat. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. 
I am. I'm wearing my Lake Monster Brewing hat. That uh, it was uh, very gracious of uh, the Lake Monster uh, Company and the Brewmeister, Mister Mister Lang, uh, sending me the care package that I got last Friday. Um, just drank my uh, last Lake Monster beer. This is a the Comoclaw Pilsner. Comoclaw Pilsner. That's an award winner in Minnesota. Is what was your I'm favorite not, out of the bunch? My favorite out of the bunch, and there was were all all really good. Uh, it was uh, was the, my favorite of the bunch was the um, the Rowboat IPA. Um, it just had that kind of, and I'm an IPA guy. It had that right. kind of citrusy pine taste to it. Uh, not alfalfa sprouts, uh, Drew, <laughs> <laughs> or lima bean, uh, Ted. <laughs> uh, but uh, but that was my favorite. Uh, last night I had the lunatic, um, lunatic Fresh IPA. Yeah, yeah, and that was uh, that was really good too. That was probably my second favorite. Uh, depth, depth charge I had, IPA I had and was really good. Had the pomegranate um, sour one, which uh, uh, which is, would have been a really good summery drink. But uh, summer is long gone here in Yellowknife. But it was still <laughs> it was it was still it was still excellent. So many thanks to Lake Monster Brew Company for sending out the care package. They got, got a hat. I got a toque. Uh, I had like great tasting beer it was awesome well that's great and this is what i talked to matt this morning matt lang is the brewmeister there what they have presently they have the blackberry sour they brought back the uh murmur milk stout that is the one that uh is loved uh quite a bit um arif hassan loved it when he joined the show that was great you talk about the lunatic the Como Claw Empty Rowboat. Empty Rowboat is one of my favorites as well. You have the Last Fathom Dark Ale or Dark Lager and the Tangerine Hard Seltzer for those that like seltzers. I'm not in that category, but those that do, <laughs> they have it. And it's 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 a wonderful deal. They put out post today. Yes, there was snow in Minneapolis, the St. Paul, a couple days ago. Right, everybody got a dusting, and everybody was freaking out about, "Oh my God, we got snow already!" Well, it's the middle of October, of course. You live up north; that's what happens. It's nothing new, and I love the fact that we're getting uh, all sorts of likes and laughs going on. They showed their patio; they've got a whole outdoor area, huge outdoor area. It's absolutely beautiful outside. If you have the chance, go down there and have some great beer with some great friends, and you know. Just a, a fabulous time. The time's now to dare to do it. Matt Anderson, our happy hour host, Vikings happy hour host, was down there. And they're getting low on what's available. But it's not low on what's available. It's because they're pre- preparing for the big events here at the end of the month. As we've talked about before, they have the Monster Bash coming up. Here on the 29th, it is a, uh, I think it's a $9 uh, ticket fee. You have eight hmm. one-of-a-kind beers that come out of their cask cave, along with all their regulars are going to be ready. And live music from 1 o'clock through till about 11 in the evening. You can't beat that. What a great value 
awesome beer, great music, fabulous time. You're getting primed up for the game the next day, right? The Vikings play on the next day. And on the next day, the 30th, not only do they have the Monster Bash on the 29th, on the 30th they have a Halloween party for the kids, right? You won't have all the beer flowing. It's not going to be an adult-type deal, but bring your kids down if you're in St. Paul and uh, get some trickers and treaters and uh, have a good time. So they are the part of the community. They're one of us. So if you want great beer, you want to be part of a family, and you're in the Twin Cities area, go across the river, St. Paul, and enjoy it at Lake Monster Brewing. They're absolutely awesome. Now on to theme three. We're going to talk about the game. Vikings at the Dolphins. At Hard Rock Stadium. I don't know if it's still Hard Rock Stadium or not, but it's the same stadium. Um, They're going down there, and it's going to be... Hard as a rock stadium. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be an interesting... It survived the hurricane, so... Uh, the hurricane went to the north. Um, it's fine. Everything is good. We're going to start out with our normal injury report. The big news of today, here a few hours ago, was that DJ Wanham was ruled out. DJ Wanham was ruled out for us because of illness. So he's sick. He's got a bug of some sort. Hopefully he'll get better soon. But unfortunately, he will not have Tomorrow to pleasantly surprise us, because I was hoping he's going to get yeah. a bunch of sacks. That is not going to happen. Uh, Alexander Madison is questionable. I don't remember what the state of his um, injury was, but hopefully he's playable, because we know that uh, the only backup beyond I, that is Wang Chung. So can I tie Chandler out with the with the broken, broken thumb? Yep. Um, so yeah, he's on IR. Miami, though, however, has a huge list, and this is the one that made it through to Friday. It was even it was twice as or three times as long as this at the beginning of the week. This is the one that came out Friday. Tua is out, right? And we expected that. We expect the NFL will keep Tua out probably about a month, but we'll see. Um. Tua was practicing this week, though, Um, so he may be back next week, but that doesn't bother us. We're not playing him this week, so. No, we're not. He's out. Um, Tater Kohu is doubtful, cornerback. You have uh, everybody else on that list is questionable, including Teddy Bridgewater. Now, Teddy Bridgewater came out the first play of last week. He was yanked by somebody upstairs saying, he's concussed, he can't play. Right? And at the time, they said ankle injury. Well, I was reading the injury report today. He's supposedly have a has a right pec injury. Well, his throwing arm is his right arm. Mm-hmm. Pec's involved in the throwing motion. Um, <clears throat> he will back up Skylar Thompson. Now, will we see him play? Well, that depends how how well Skylar Thompson's playing. If Skylar Thompson is just absolutely tanking it the first half, I would expect to see Teddy in the second half. But 
if Skylar Thompson's holding his own, which we hope is not the case, we won't see Teddy. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but, you know, we're Vikings fans. We know Teddy. We love his smile. So we'll see. And then Armstead is questionable. Armstead hadn't played. He's their uh, very, very good tackle. That's why I was hoping one of them would get involved. We could have some serious disruption and pass rush. Their line isn't that good, and uh, we'll see. They're banged up at the right time for the Vikings. Very banged up. Like you said, their injury list was very, very long all week. Yeah, it was It was easily two, three times as long as that. We get into the stats. Vikings offense, PFF has kept them steady for the uh, second week in a row at eight power ranking. Uh, Dolphins defense is 22nd per them. Football Siders has the Vikings offense going up. I think it was a notch or two to 11th overall, 14th in path, pass, 10th in run. Dolphins defense is 29th, 32nd, and 7th respectively. They're decent against the run. However, when we talk about the run, I'm hoping that Dalvin Cook going back to Miami has a bang-out game because every time he's played in Miami, he's absolutely blown off the doors of whoever he's played there in Miami. Elias, um, which is your generic stats that you see on ESPN and NFL.com and CBS and everywhere else, Elias Sports Bureau provides those. They have us 10th in yards on offense, 8th in passing, 21st in rushing, why? Because we pass more. Uh, it turns out the fact that we pass over 65% of the time. They have us 13th in points. We'd like to get that one up. I want to see, I still want to see my first 30 point game. Uh, we've given up eight sacks and we're 14th in turnovers with six. The Vikings are favored by three. Elias has the Finns. 25th in yards, their defense, 28th in passing, 26th in rushing, 30th in points, uh, in sacks, they're 24th, giving up nine. They've had nine that they've gotten, and they're in a minus two differential. Takeaways, they've had four. So, hey, hmm. we'll see. It shows here the way this looks. Our offense should be better than their defense. Then we get to our defense and their offense. Now, this is this one's interesting. We've gone down defensive-wise on PFF to 24th for power ranking. They have the Miami Dolphin offense as 30th. And you're going, but Dave, why would they have them 30th? When Football Outsiders has them 6th. That's a huge disparity, mm-hmm. right? Well, the reason is Football Outsiders – Bases it on team play over the whole season. PFF is looking at who's playing and adjusting theirs. And they think with Skyler and backups, because everybody's injured, they're going to be 30th. That's why you're seeing the difference. Vikings defense football outsiders does not like us. Uh, DVOA, they have us going down to 28th. 
26 against pass, 23rd against run. They have Miami six overall, fifth against or fifth for the pass, and 15th against the run. But like I said, that's mostly with Tua and healthy wide receivers. We'll see if we have healthy wide receivers because we know that you have guys um, who was um, in the boot last well, week. Well, both well, Hill, Hill and Waddle were both right. uh, on Tariq the injury Hill list was last in the boot, week. And Waddle was dinged up as well. So we'll see how that goes. Yards Viking uh, for Elias, Vikings defense went up to 24th in yards, 22nd in passing, 20th in rushing, 14th in points. Points is probably the big one when it comes to defense. We want to see that get even higher. We'd like to see it top 10 or better. We're 13th in sacks with 11. Uh, we don't have the sack rate we did last year. We wish we did. Hopefully it comes. We are plus one on the differential, and we've got 17th with seven takeaways. The Dolphins, they are their offense is 16th in yards, 5th in passing, 30th in rushing, which is surprising, 12th in points, so they can generate points. They've given up nine sacks. And they've had six turnovers. So that gives you offense versus defense. Then we get to special teams. Vikings dropped down tremendously. They were, I think, top 10 last week. They're now 24th. Thank you for missed field goals and a shanked punt. That drove that down. But the Dolphins are worse. They're ranked 30th for special teams DVOA. That brings us, oops, that's not the one I wanted. Where the one I want to go? Anyways, that brings us to the game. Yes, the game, David. Um, so the Dolphins have lost two, uh, two games in a row. They're starting a third-string quarterback who's a seventh-round rookie, a seventh-round uh, uh, round rookie. Uh, they're banged up, as you mentioned. So what's to worry about if you're the Vikings, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, uh, there's always plenty to worry about as a Viking fan. Uh, and uh, even though we know all too well, uh, and we know all too well uh, the Vikings have not actually uh, – now, the Vikings and the Dolphins don't play very much, uh, like only every four years. They've only played 13 times in total in the fr- franchise's history. But the last time the Vikings won in Miami was December 11th, 1976. Uh, so that's quite a long time ago, <laughs> David. Just a bit. Who's the we starting have, quarterback there? Well, yes. Well, of course, it's Fran Tarkenton, David, handing off to the spin doctor, Chuck Foreman. Uh-huh. Uh, Ed, White, great, Ed, Ed White, Ed White, laying blocking. out. Of, oh, yeah. yeah, no wonder we won that one. Uh, but uh, so that's been a while, David. Uh, and for the Vikings, uh, are the how the, are the Vikings going to get their first win in many, many decades in Miami? Well, um, it, I think a lot of that's going to depend on. Yes, you got Skylar Thompson as the rookie as their starting quarterback. That should be an advantage for the Vikings, as we talked about earlier. But really, the 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 Miami Dolphins offense is really Tariq Hill. No surprise, has made a huge, huge difference to this offense since they got him. Um, 
you know, he's one of those guys where before they got him last year, uh, even with Jalen Waddell, who was very, uh, who has had a very good rookie season, it was a pretty much a dink and dunk offense. Uh, different head coach as well. Yeah, you had Brian Flores and not Mike McDaniel as a head coach, but it was a dink and dunk offense. Very boring. They didn't score a lot of points. Uh, they've changed that. They were changing that at least with two at quarterback. Um, the first three games, um, but Tariq Hill is a guy. Of course, you got to account for. Uh, you, you know, you, the the Dolphins are just going to try to get him the ball. Uh, he, he's so fast; nobody can keep up with him. He's one uh, of the fastest you, wide receivers in the league. Period. That's yeah. So you you send him deep; uh, nobody can cover him. They end up like tackling him or getting DPI. So he, if he, even if he doesn't catch the ball in deep throws, he's going to draw pass interference penalties. You throw it to him around the line of scrimmage or hand it off to him. You think you got an angle? He outruns the angle, gets a big gain. So Tyreek Hill is going to be uh, is a big problem for any team he faces, and he'll be a big problem for the Vikings. But but he and Jalen Waddle are uh, have been a pretty good tandem this year. Like they've got. Well over 50 catches uh, and over 920 yards combined between the two of them. Uh, And so they're a duo that's going to be a difficult matchup for the Vikings defense that has not played very well uh, overall. Uh, So that's that's one of the key things and uh, for the Vikings. And uh, the other part of it is that um, Mike McDaniel has... When you watch this offense tomorrow, you're going to see a very an offense that looks very familiar. It looks kind of familiar to what the Vikings are running right now, and it it's, looks very familiar to what Kyle Shanahan runs in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Oh no, we got him froze up. He's talking about Kyle Shanahan because obviously Mike McDaniel is a disciple. However, Mike McDaniel has a whole analytic, geeky side to him that goes along with it. And uh, so it's going to be close. Hopefully, Darren comes back, signs back on that he's uh, that he's frozen and he's locked, and I don't think he's realized that. But we'll continue. There's Shanahan. There's... Uh, we also have the older Raheem Mosert that runs. And if I remember correctly, Raheem is on the injury report. Let me look at it real quick. He was, yes, he's questionable for tomorrow. The running, they do like to run. How much they do like to run, Raheem Mosert will find out. And how we defend that. With linebackers in the middle, be it Hicks and uh, Kendricks behind the middle, David Tomlinson and Phillips, how they're going to stop a running back like Mosert, who knows? And Darren is back after he froze up there for a second, and we dropped him. You okay there, Darren? Did you get hit by a asteroid or something? No, I'm no asteroids, David. So, I, but yeah, don't know what happened there. All of a sudden, I froze up, had to hang up and rejoin, and now it's here I be am. The weather. 
Oh yeah, well, could be yes. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I, I was I was trying to I was I was getting into a spiel about how tackling was going to be a huge for the Vikings in this one. Uh, maybe you're already talking about it because. Uh, but yeah, but you, you can't let Tyree Kill, you can't let Jalen Waddle, you can't let Raheem Mostert, the the Miami Dolphins' main running back. You can't let those. The Vikings are going to have to tackle really well. They can't allow them to get big gains after first contact uh, because that just spells a lot of trouble for for any defense but uh for those guys particularly Tyreek Hill are really really good at mm-hmm. you think you got them and then you don't have them so uh you you want we want them we want Skylar Thompson in third and six third and seven third and eight consistently uh so that he has to make the throws uh, he can't just take a, a short throw one or two yards beyond the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and get a first down we want to make him throw into tighter you know throw the longer throws that take longer to develop uh, and see what he can do um, that, you know, so that's gotta be key. Uh, and that goes for every, you know, that's the recipe for success against most quarterbacks, David, but particularly against a rookie starting his first NFL game, uh, who's probably much more comfortable stepping back his back foot hits and getting the ball out right away uh, and not having to survey the field and look at his second progression or his third progression, or he maybe even his fourth. So, uh, but uh, you can't do that. If you've, if the, if you're, if, if your opponent off the offense that you're facing is in like third and two or right. third and three or third and one consistently, then they've got everything open to them. And whether it's the run or short passes or, you know, take a chunk play and try to go hit See something deep. So say yeah. hi to Ruby for us. And we'll see you tomorrow. Indeed. So that's offensively for the Dolphins. That's, I think that's what the, the Vikings have got to do. Tackling is going to be key. Um, yeah, I'm going to be a loss to that DAJ Wanham cannot play because uh, he's providing valuable pass rushing snaps uh, for the Vikings. So there's that. Offensively, um, even though the stats showed that the Dolphins' run defense uh, looks like it's pretty solid, last week they had a really hard time. Uh, they didn't do a very good job in run defense. Uh, Brees Hall and Michael Carter from the the Jets uh, ran really well, and it was kind of it was very key to to the win for the Jets in mm-hmm. that one. And and the Jets also were pretty effective. They 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 did very well with uh, a lot of play action, a lot of RPO using Zach Wilson. That worked out pretty well for them, and they were able to uh, consistently get some pretty decent gains in the passing game that way. Uh, so um, I think we're the Vikings have used that uh, pretty consistently in the first five games. I think we're going to see more of that tomorrow. Uh, and like you said, Dalvin Cook, um, he's yet to have like a really big game. Hasn't run for 100 yards yet in a game. Uh, some of that is because he hasn't quite had the the volume of touches that he's used to. Uh, right. And he hasn't had like a big, big gainer yet. But, uh, but I was about uh, to say, tomorrow, he hasn't had that, you know, that bust out, put the foot in the the ground and go game that we're used to from him. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah. but like I said earlier, I fully expect him because he's from Miami. He literally grew up there. He loves it there in every game he's ever played there. He's excelled. 
whether it be in college or um, at any time in his career, he loves winning there. He has literally bought, I think it's like 22 tickets or something like that. For, so the whole family is covered. He's going to have everybody there. And uh, all his friends and family, they're all going to be watching. I expect him to have a big day, even if it's unlimited snaps. You know, we're taking him out on third down and putting in Madison. Dalvin Cook, I expect, will do so much better tomorrow that we'll be surprised. Mark my word. Hey, I'll wager you a beer on this. That Dalvin Cook goes over 100 yards tomorrow. It would be about time and uh, going over 100 yards. And also, like the uh, so far as longest run this year, the Vikings' longest run this year is 16 yards. So they haven't had that big, explosive 30, 40 yard run yet in five games. Even though the running game has been effective, it hasn't been explosive um, yet. Um, I think uh, he wasn't on the injury report, but it looks like Dolphins' corner, their top corner, Xavier Howard, is going to play in this one. He'd been out for a couple of weeks. Uh, That is is going to be interesting because I expect that he'll be matched up against Justin Jefferson. Uh, So another marquee Jefferson against the top corner matchup. Jefferson won uh, won that battle against Marshawn Lattimore, who's in the picture there. He won that quite easily. Uh, He lost it quite easily against Darius Slay a couple of weeks before. Uh, so uh, uh, this is a big matchup, and we know that when Justin Jefferson is rolling, the Vikings offense is rolling, uh, as we saw last week in the first half against the Bears. Uh, but I like uh, what I've been seeing from from um, the way Kevin O'Connell has been getting Jeff- Justin Jefferson involved early the last two weeks, early and often the last two weeks, and finding ways to get him open. And uh, I expect that uh, that uh, you know we'll see if he can win that battle tomorrow against Xavier Howard if they have Howard shadowing him. I think it would be nuts for them not to the Dolphins. That is, but but we'll see. Um, but but that's Coaches that's a huge do battle. Weird things, yeah, yeah. That's a huge battle. Uh, And offensively, I think, uh, because if you can win that battle, I'm pretty confident about the Vikings offensive line, giving Kirk Cousins plenty of time to survey the field. And and even if he has to wait an extra tick or two for Jefferson to come open, he's I think Kirk Cousins is going to have that time uh, and uh, be able to come up with some, you know, some pretty big gains to Jefferson if he can win the battle against Howard. Um, So, that's something to watch out for there. And for me, the, you know, these guys, if Jefferson gets, uh, is held down, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, Irv Smith Jr. They are going to have to pick up some of the slack like we saw, uh, that they did, uh, to, to some degree in the, in the, uh, in the game against Detroit in particular. Right. Uh, th- mm-hmm. That was where Jefferson didn't really do anything. Those two guys stepped up and made big plays and kept the offense or, or moving uh, at an acceptable rate uh, because Scoring the, Cousins, yes. yeah, Cousins had to go to them because the, the coverage and the way that the Lions were playing Jefferson dictated that. Um, so that we'll see how that whole battle goes with the wide receivers. Uh, that's an important one. And when you're in Miami, uh, weather, I think, is always a factor this time of year. Um, the Miami, in, in the in the heat, in the humidity, uh, the Dolphins players, they live there. They practice in that. They play in that every day. The Vikings players do not. And 
I think one of the reasons the Vikings have not uh, won in Miami in quite a while is because they get worn down in the heat and humidity, and in the in the late in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, uh, they particularly on defense they struggle to get stops because they just don't have the legs and the stamina anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so Thomas was the one that asked about this earlier. Yeah. Um, here are your game time temperatures. It starts at 1 p.m. Eastern, right? Goes mm-hmm. through 4. And you're looking at feels like temperatures of upper 80s, which isn't too bad. Um, they're not going to get rain, even though they have chances of percentage thereof. The deal is here, folks, we always, Minnesota likes to talk humidity. Uh Folks that are down south talk dew point. Dew point is how saturated that air is. Comfortable air for a normal American is around 50 degrees. 55 is okay. Once you get to 60, it starts to get a little bit uncomfortable. 65 is gross. (laughs) Um, It is. It's absolutely nasty. Once you're into the 70s, you're tropical. You're talking jungles, right? It is bad. What's bad about that is, yes, you'll be sweating, but you won't be evaporating it off like if you were in Arizona. It would quickly evaporate. No, you're just wet and sticky and blah, and it zaps the energy out of you. And as Thomas, he said, that's his biggest worry. It could be a worry. Because those are high dew points. They're that's not it's not pleasant, especially somebody that's used to, hey, it's been in the forties in Minnesota. We've been wearing coats. Now we're going down here and we're getting seventy-two degree dew points. Trust me, folks, from being both in the north and in the south, right, where dew points get easily this high, it is it will zap them of energy. One, they won't be able to cool off as well. Hopefully, expect to see big fans on the sidelines, right, to hopefully dry some of that up. But it is going to be something that the Vikings have to account for. They have to be making sure they are hydrating properly with sports drink and adding minerals on top of just liquid waters. They're going to have to... And this is where the sports science, it worked for the, you know, trip to London and back. Hopefully they're working on this because it's a rather long flight from Minneapolis to Miami. It's not a, it's not a short, you know, 30 minute hop. You're talking hours to get down there. They're already down there. They've got to get used to it. Hopefully they're hydrating up because that's going to be the big deal that they have everything needed in their body to last that long. Because the advantage will be to the Dolphins, because they're used to it, over the Vikings. They've got to have, hopefully the sports science guys, have them doing their melons or doing whatever it is that they're taking to keep going well into the fourth quarter. Because that's when we're going to need the Vikings to make sure they're on top of the game. So even if we're behind, Kirk Cousins can come back. You don't want them depleted at that point in time. And, Thomas, you're good to worry about that because we'll see. And that is – yeah, and 
it's not often we talk about the the weather as the being weather. A, like a like a, as, as going to be a, a factor that we have to worry about and take into account. But down in Miami, this time of year, like you said, with the dew point and the humidity in particular, uh, when you're not used to it, uh, that happened to me one time in Mexico when I was playing baseball. <laughs> I was pitching, sweating like you wouldn't believe. A Canadian boy, not used to playing in there. Everything was going good for three innings. Fourth inning, all of a sudden, it was like I hit a brick wall and I had I could barely walk straight. Uh-huh. And it just happened like that. And it, and you, you talk about humidity down in Cancun and those areas. It's it. it was, it's, and this the was dew in, point at, um, actually sticky. measures how much saturation is in the air. Water saturation, humidity is a part of that, and it's, it literally feels like you're breathing soup. Yeah, you know, it's so thick, and it's it's yeah, it could be rough. It could be rough. And yeah, also that is, I think that's kind of just a few points. I think key points to look about for the the Vikings Dolphins game. Uh, that uh, on the surface looks like uh, the Vikings the Vikings are favored. Uh, they're facing a backup quarterback, but there are some factors there to worry about if you're a Vikings fans for sure. There's always stuff to worry about if you're a yeah, Vikings. Fan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but. We have an opportunity to go into the bye at 5-1 and one if we pull off the win tomorrow. That's the first step. Don't go, ahead, don't go ahead looking to the bye. Let's win. Look towards Miami, and let's beat these guys. Yes, 5-1 uh, would be beautiful. Uh, and if, if, you're, if you're looking at, like, again, you don't want to look too far ahead, but if you're looking at, like, 10 wins as being what gets you into the playoffs, you, you win tomorrow, you're already halfway there, and you've still got 11 games to go in the season. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's a good position for the Vikings to be in if they can get that win, go 5-1 and one in the bye with still leading the division and, and all that, you know, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Philip, I did talk about the offensive line. Actually, Darren brought it up this week. Uh, the offensive line is doing well, better than previous seasons. Uh, we talked about one of the pleasant surprises this week was Garrett Bradbury, the most pleasant surprise out of all three. They're doing uh, well. How the interior three, be it Ezra, Garrett, and Ed Ingram, are working together as a unit. Uh, our coach, uh, Cooper, Cooper, Chris Cooper, mm-hmm. has them playing that way. It's part of O'Connell. Darren called it in the preseason before even games started that they improved the Rams' center play. But how they play as a three is they play as a wall when it comes to pass blocking. They're all good at run blocking. Um, Ed Ingram's awesome. God, he's got a nasty streak that I absolutely love. Um, they all are doing better. They're getting better as a time because you got to remember, they didn't play any snaps during the preseason, very few, right? They didn't play any games. So all that chemistry building and the, the whole ESP of what's going on, and that develops actually as you play line. You, you can see in your peripheral vision what your guys are going to do, who needs help, who doesn't. As you move along, all that didn't happen. It's happening now. And they're still above where we expected them to be. And they're doing nothing but getting better. And that is a good thing this year. We talked about the possibility of Garrett Bradbury. He's already had his best season so far. Um, 
how whether the Vikings would resign him. Uh, there's a possibility that might happen. He's not going to be resigned as a, like a fifth year option level, but it depends what he asked for. Um, it is a good thing. They are getting better. I love what O'Connell and um, Cooper has done for this line. It's going to do nothing but should do nothing but more than improve as they get more and more time together. I like that. It's a, it's a good thing. It's given Kirk Cousins time. I can show you tape where Kirk Cousins has enough time to make a sandwich, literally, back there uh, before he makes his throw. We haven't seen that in years, in years, and it's an absolutely wonderful thing. So hopefully that answers your question. Um, it's a good thing. Purple Haze says, Skull Vikings, absolutely, Purple Haze. You know, we'll always sign off with that. Darren, have you got any last words? No, David, not really. Uh, I uh, am a bit worried about this game on the road in the heat and humidity in Miami, and uh, I feel like this is a potential stub-your-toe kind of uh, uh, game for the Vikings. Uh, but uh, What a Vikings pessimist. Yes, that's true. But uh, I, I think that the, the Skylar effect is going to work in our favor in this one uh, for the Vikings to get that win, get the 5-1, and one, just like we want them to. Well, I think the Vikings' offense has been improving. I'm hoping for that 30-pointer. The first 30-pointer. Yeah. I want to score. I want 40 burgers and 50 burgers. But if they score 30, I think they win this one. And that's what I'm going with this week, as I think they're going to score that. They're going to take advantage of an injured Miami Dolphins and Skylar Thompson. And the Vikings go out and actually produce. So I'm hoping on the sports science guys to keep them hydrated and energized and that they go out and actually produce. Last week's game against the Jets, it was 19-17, like late into the third quarter, and then the Jets pulled away on a turnover and a, you know, and a, and a, a, t- a stop on a fourth and in inches. So that game was not the blowout. It looked at when you looked at the final score, it was pretty close most of the game. So uh, if, you, if people are expecting the Dolphins to be like a pushover, uh, cool. think again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Think again. With that, what do we say, buddy? We say Skull Vikings, baby, and get a W tomorrow. Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.